The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Thank you for joining us today live here at 11 o'clock. And uh, we're glad that we were able to be part of your day and been welcomed into your home or your car or place of business or wherever you might be watching this morning. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. And I tell you this morning, I got up and I was ready to go out the door. I'm ready for my spring weather. And then I looked down at my phone and realized it was what, 32 degrees when I walked out of the house this morning. And so, yeah, I changed my clothes, put my sweater back on. And I'll be honest with you, I'm getting kind of sick of the cold weather. I begin to wonder if any warmth is ever going to come. And so I enjoy another great day with a sweater and trying to keep warm. I know some of you would say I'd rather be cold because I can put a sweater on. We're in, in heat. It just is too overbearing. And I, I disagree completely. Give me the excessive hot weather over cold any day. Not that it has anything to do with the Word of God today. So let's go ahead and uh, begin to look. We'll be in Psalm chapter 11 this morning. Psalm chapter 11, a great chapter that really establishes the mindset of the author, the mindset of David. So as David's writing this, I love this because he, he states his position. He states the argument of, of some friends who really would encourage him uh, to make a different decision, and yet based upon where God has him, he said, this is where God has me, this is, where, this is what I need to do, and this is why. And uh, so let me tell you, sometimes there may be people who will advise you in th- certain things, uh, push you to do things differently, and I do believe with all my heart that there, in the multitude of counselors there is safety, but we have to still understand that we must still be in the center of where God has us to be. And uh, so we're going to see a little bit of how he established that in Psalm chapter 11 this morning. Let's go ahead and read the chapter. It says, In in the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow, and they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. So the first thing we see is David pretty much places in this first verse and establishes the entire premise of the entire chapter. He says, in the Lord put I my trust. And so he, he's, he's really having a bit of a, it's kind of like friend or somebody has told him, hey, you need to flee, you need to get away from the mountain, you need to act a certain way, your enemy saws out to get you, you just need to get away and just, just hide. And David said, listen, the uh, Lord, I'm going to put my trust. And so you do have the big, shall we see even a back and forth? And so David responds to what appears to be people telling him, get away, or as we see here, flee to your mountain, get, get away. So there's a place of protection that he or some people obviously believe he can get to, he can get away. It's a great place of protection. It's a place that maybe Saul doesn't know where he's at. And it's just a place where he can rest and find um, peace. And so other people were telling him, hey, you need to go do this. And so David, 
is responding to the push by potentially friends or whatever to go, get out, go to, uh, go to your mountain, get out. So he says, first of all, and the Lord put on my trust. And he says, how say you to my soul? Why would people say to me, flee as a bird to your mountain? So he continues in that same thing to verse two. He says, for this is what people were telling him. So he, what he writes is a couple verses about what people are saying to him. He says, why would you say flee to your soul? Why would you say, for though the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they might privately shoot at the upright of heart. So these wicked are saying, I mean, the friends are saying, get out. Because he's got the enemy's ready. He's got his bow ready. He's ready to hurt you. They continue to say, listen, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So he, 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 he points out this argument that's come his way. That, dare I say, humanly speaking, makes a lot of sense. He goes, so, hey, get away to the mountain. Get to a place of safety because your enemy is prepared. He has an army. He has his weapons. He, it's, like, it's like he's waiting for you to round the corner for him to destroy you. And then they ask the question, if the foundations be destroyed, if in this case, if you as a king are destroyed, the future of our kingdom and the God-ordained king, what, what can we do? Huh? What can the righteous do if the person we're to follow is destroyed? If, if you're allowed to be killed, if you're allowed to be destroyed by the enemy, how can God's plan for our nation continue. So there's a legitimate question, shall I say. I don't think that there's carnality here. I don't think there's people just telling him to run for no reason. What we focus on this verse, this chapter, is less about the scenario that David finds himself in. It's really not about the fear where David is or the potential that he's in, because he's in a serious situation. Saul's trying to get him, and Saul's entire goal is to use the resources of the nation to kill David. And uh, we know on more than one occasion, David actually had a chance to kill Saul while he was sleeping. In fact, one case, he cut away a piece of his robe and then ultimately apologized for it because he says, this, the king is the Lord's anointed. I don't want to do this. So we know that all of this through the time that David was running, that he, God had been with him. God had protected him. So what we see is, we, we, yes, we see what other people are encouraging him and how it might be potentially makes sense to do this. But what we really see in this chapter is we see David responding with a plea of trust, with, hey, listen, I, I can't. Let me tell you why I can't. So he starts off, first of all, and the Lord put I my trust. He goes, so I, I'm not going to worry about all this because this is really less about his army versus my army. This is less about whether I get caught or whether I'm good enough or whether Saul ever has, can find me. This is about whether I trust God. God has ordained me to be the next king. So, you know, I got to be wise and I got to do my part. But I also have to realize that God's ordained me, which, and he knew Saul would fight. So obviously I got to trust that God will implement what he wants to implement. So he, he starts in talking about, I put my trust in him. But then he talks about why he can put his trust in him. We go back and find in verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous. So first of all, verse 4, he says, listen, I'm going to trust in him. I'm not worried about these things because God's still on the throne. God's still on the throne. He has a plan. He's got a plan for me. He's got a plan for the nation of Israel. He's got a plan for his Bible, you know, being fulfilled as David was an ancestor of Jesus. So he's got all of this. He goes, I know this. God's on the throne. And that's a great principle for us to be reminded when things don't make sense, when we go, you know, in Proverbs where Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. This is where he's saying, listen, 
the, your own understanding is for me to get away, and it makes human sense, but I'm going to trust in God who's still on the throne. I have to make a point in that, in that situation to not lean and not trust my own understanding, but i got to be reminded of God, his position, and where he's at. That's what I have to trust in. That's where I have to go. That's where I have to keep reminding myself. Listen, I will trust in God. He's still on the throne. He's got a plan. So the two differences really come down to this. Trust that God is on the throne. He's got a plan. Or trust in my own understanding of my view of the circumstances and everything going on. I have to wonder which one of those, which one can I follow, that I need to make a point to follow God. Verse 5. He says, The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked... And him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So the Lord trieth, he purifies, he recognizes. So when he trieth, he's watching and he recognizes the righteous. He recognizes those that love him. He recognizes those who want to do right. He is keeping an eye on them. He is not oblivious to who's right and wrong in these situations. He's not oblivious to the one who's done his best to stay firm and the one who's just living in sin. He's not, he's not against that. So he's watching, he's got his eye on the righteous, and he frankly hates those who will do wrong. Verse 6, upon the wicked... He shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone in a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. He says, listen, God is paying attention. He sees the righteous. He sees the sinner, and he will respond. Now, we understand it's going to be in his timing. We understand that how he responds in our snare is going to be his timing, his plan, his whatever. Please also remember that God is a God of long-suffering and grace. God is a God of redemption. So sometimes we see maybe another Christian friend who's hurt us, and we immediately want them kind of dealt with by God. Can I encourage you that, first of all, God is a long-suffering and gracious God that desires for that person to be redeemed, to come back in full reconciliation, number one with him and then number two with us. It's not the goal of how I was right, you were wrong. That doesn't really matter a whole lot to God, whether he vindicates us. It's about the heart of the people. But when we see this scenario, he says, listen, God still watches the heart. And if they're not going to de- get changed, get saved, and, or if they're not going to change, God will deal with them. You don't worry about that. God's seen your heart too. You don't worry about it. He finishes in verse 7. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. I, what I see in verse 7, I think, is a great culmination of what David's saying here. He says, we easily look back and say, Lord, are you paying attention? Do you know what's going on? Last time we talked about, why do you stay so far away? God says, I have to. I have to allow things to work out. But in this, he recognizes and he tries and he understands the heart of the righteous. He sees and he hates the work of iniquity. And so at some point, if necessary, he will deal with it. We know in our human future, right now, the current cultural future is the tribulation. Sometime in the future where God is going to rule down upon this evil world. So when I look at all of the junk of the world and I look at all these people that are anti-God and anti-church and anti-Christianity that are fighting everything to... Make just worshiping God and just holding the biblical positions we do evil. God knows it. He's going to deal with it. So we continue to put our trust in him. He's still on the throne. He sees our hearts and he will deal with it. So in these situations, we keep going forward. And this trust will go further. Again, often we refer in this scenario back to David's enemies. And I've said before that most of us don't have enemies like David did. We've got people who aren't our biggest fans, and we've got people who we don't get along with. We've got people who have hurt us, and maybe many of them purposely. I've tried to say things, smear testimony, get other people not to like us. All, you know, there's people who do that. And so we can look in those scenarios that if we're right with God, we're right with man. We have a conscience void of offense between God and man, and someone has hurt us, and everything we try fails for reconciliation. God will deal with those people. 
in his timing, but God will. My job is just to continue to walk right and do right and let God be with that. But most of when we come to trust, we come to trust in the area of our circumstances. We come to trust in the area of where God's leading us in certain parts of our life. And we have to say, Lord, it just doesn't make sense what you're doing or why. All these different things. This is where, this is where trust becomes real. It's more than a verse from Proverbs that we quote. It's more than just theoretically telling people, yeah, I trust God. No, now I actually have to, in action, in reality, put trust in God and follow him today and follow him tomorrow and follow all the things he's doing. I have to put my faith to works. I have to have my faith and let it be works, let it do it and, and, and prove faith that that works was dead. So my faith will be proven by my works, as the book of James says. So this is where it's tried. This is where it's real. And David says, listen, I get your point. Hey, I, it would be easier for me to go hide the mountain until Saul's gone. But the fact is, I'm where I believe I need to be. I'm right. God sees me. God sees them. And God will deal with all of this. And I'm just going to trust in God. He's on his throne. And so we're just going to sit and trust in him. So easy to say, not necessarily always easy to do. But what a great premise. What a great principle that we learned from David. And in all the things, the reason that he can stand so strong is because his trust in God is more than just a theological knowledge or theoretical truth. His trust in God is something that drives him and it holds him. And may that be something that's true of our Christian journey and our walk with God. Well, thanks for joining us on this Thursday edition of the Social Truth Podcast and our live stream devotional. Uh, we really hope that these truths are encouragement. We hope it's a help. Uh, thanks for taking whatever time you can to participate, be part of this. And we really hope uh, that this is just a little bit of help in the midst of your day and, and, and throughout your week. Well, we look forward again for you joining us again tomorrow as we finish off the week together. And uh, so we'll hopefully get to see you sometime tomorrow. God bless.